How are you doing? We just got through Thanksgiving, but the holidays are just getting started. I'm telling you, the holidays are great. It's already the energy's shifted, man. People are excited. I heard a guy on when we were out of town this Thanksgiving said, finally, we can celebrate Christmas with no other holidays in the way. Nothing else is there. Because apparently uh, when you're in showbiz, they've been doing Christmas shows all the way, you know, before even before Halloween. Wow, okay. So they were, you know, ha- they said, we had to get through Halloween. And then now we got to get through Thanksgiving. And finally we can do a show for what it's all about. Yes. You celebrate probably like st- November 1, right? Starting Christmas. Is that how you, you and your family start? Because there are some families that do that. Yo, oh, absolutely. So like, well, I think we've been listening to, I think I've listened to every Christmas song from every <laughs> genre from the new age down to the sixties, um, uh, in every, every tune. I mean, I've heard it so so many different ways and I was, it was a little abrupt this year. I wasn't quite ready. And, but my kids, you know, they have a wonderful way of putting you into the mood of the holiday season. So Christmas is upon us and now we're, it's official. I mean, no one can deny, uh, Christmas is here. So, I mean, it's technically still Thanksgiving, I mean, November, but it sure does feel like December, doesn't It, it? It does. Yeah. Why, why not be thankful, though? You know, you live that life of Thanksgiving and then just be uh, have that Christmas cheer year round as well. Well, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I think I think I've listened to several, um, you know, podcast sermons and different types of uh, events. I remember I, but I really think it came from when Perry Stone was here at the church uh, here at Abundant Life that uh, he was talking about, you know, an attitude of gratitude and um uh, and just being thankful is one of the key ingredients that just ushers the spirit into our lives. And I think there's that having the spirit in our lives is what stirs up the joy, the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It helps us continually operate uh, in what really matters most. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, and we talked about thanks, thankfulness and Thanksgiving last you know week. And um, and so, yeah, that should easily carry over. And we should always live in that space because, I mean, it is a little bit more enjoyable to be around people when they're cheery, right? I mean, you ever walked in a room and you could feel like, ooh, there's some dirty energy in this place. They're I'm not a, smiling. Yeah, they're not smiling. Did I? They're snarling. <laughs> I feel it a little bit right now if I'm being honest. And oh, I don't think it's me I, I or you, I, Dr. Chopper. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it could be the, uh, the the special surprise guest we have sneaking in in the corner over here. So that's kind of funny. Good morning, Kurt. How are you? I'm I'm doing great. Thanksgiving was fantastic. It was it. I lost five pounds. You so did. I didn't eat excessively like most people would do during Thanksgiving. I feel great. Why do you get be so hard on the most people? Most. Mm. I mean, he's ju- he, uh, that was a strong judgment. I'm just trying to challenge people. Oh, okay, I like it. Okay, uh, you know, to go out and lose five more pounds because to come up to your level, to come up to my level. Hey, That's what are you saying? I, I, I know. <laughs> no. he, he's he's definitely he's special. <laughs> At church on Sunday, Pastor Hallam put out an interesting, I guess, a almost like a challenge or just saying, hey, during this holiday season, why don't we go out and and make a a commitment to not gain weight this you know christmas just because it's christmas why are we going to gain five pounds ten pounds there you go. let's just try and stay where you know stay steady and then you know it's about um i guess just limiting i guess what you're eating or not overeating all the time right. or just trying to stay active when you can as well yeah usually he talks about not overspending but this time he talked about not overeating well i d- definitely think both of them can be 
one and the same. I mean, they, they have both of them have such value because I have all all the way up to the holiday. I had patients telling me um, uh, the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, oh man, I'm off track. I've ha- I went on vacation. Mm. I went. I had a, a wedding. I had a. Um, I had this event or that event. And and it's one of the things that I would say is there's always an event, right? I mean, right. every one of us at any given point in time in our lives, there's some sort of event pressing. And and there's always an opportunity to uh, indulge in something too much. And there's the answer. It's, it's always, it's about too much. Um, and I, I heard somebody say the other day, and I thought it was kind of, I don't, I don't, you know, a... a uh, a simple taste on the no, a sweet taste on the lips and forever on your hips. Oof! I was like, dang, that's brutal. That's and, why my hips are so big. And and, and so, <laughs> but it, it and then I thought about it, and because my wife says I'm not allowed to ever say that, and uh, but I told her I said it's so good. I'm gonna like perfect it and I'm gonna work it into my repertoire. Yeah. Um, but I say nothing below your taste buds wants that. That sweet treat, that dessert, that fake sugar, that artificial ingredient, that preservative. Um, I mean, you got to think. I mean, those preservatives, you think that they're preserving your health and vitality, but really they're chemicals that are bogging your system down and causing your body to slip off into an accelerated inflammatory state. When you live in an inflammatory status all the time, your body will rapidly deteriorate. And um, it's like having a fire in several places of the body. And, you know, one of the things that um, I saw uh, just yesterday is I'm, I'm seeing flu uh, strains pop up. So, you know, moms, dads, kids, fellas, folks, ladies, beware. You know, the flu is lurking in the shadows because people are indeed indulge, did indulge in more than they should have, and their immune systems got weak. And uh, so, you know, we can talk a little bit today about how to make sure you keep a strong, healthy immune system. I wanted to ask because <clears throat> it seems just looking at social media that the flu season is a lot worse this year. And I didn't know if that's just because I'm noticing it more, or have you noticed that it is stronger this year or cycles this year? I have not. I have not seen it at all. Um, literally this week, maybe last week, um, I saw some interesting infections that pres- that looked like the flu. Um, but a lot of my patients are, you know, I have great protocols to help people with viruses. Um, and, and the body... Like for example, quercetin or N-acetylcysteine are really great, like crowbars to pry out a virus that's lurking in the shadows of the body. And we use this product called Qforce that has D, C, zinc. You know the key factors in immunity, and then the quercetin and N-acetylcysteine that improve liver function and prying that crowbar effect onto the viruses to purge those turkeys out of the uh, the the cracks and we can then the body can get a hold of them and destroy them and so we come in you know, we we have a way of you know prying them out and then we have a way of boosting the system using stuff like Viraforce um, using things that's basically like an astragalus uh, type herbal product uh, that will literally seemingly knock a a, a, fl- a flu or a virus out in a couple days I mean it's just fascinating to see how herbs can be used more powerfully if you you know if you just appreciate like the minute you have a symptom ask the question what can i do for you know so Mm. schedule an appointment come in let us help you let us teach you why 
these tools are available to you and what to do so that you're not like down and out. Because I mean, have you ever had the flu? Yeah. Uh, have you? <laughs> yeah, I have had <laughs> the flu. Yes, I have. It's, it's bad. I mean, I mean, if you've had a bad case of flu, um, I mean, the bones ache, the fever, the body just feels yucky. You're hot. You're cold. You're un- you're constantly on. Un- you can barely sleep. And you don't want to do anything. You just want to lay on the couch, and which it makes it worse. Can't make it any more productive. Yeah. Do you have the flu? Right now? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, but okay, that's interesting. <laughs> so you do bring up a good point. So the uh, viruses and spe- uh, have a tendency to want you to get stagnant. Right. And so their goal is to put you on the bed, and because that's where they act, they they um, replicate their fastest whenever you're down and out. They just like feast on you. We saw that with the the c word that I don't like to mention very <laughs> often. But that it would attack you and make you sleep, and and, and that's, that's when what, you get that, sicker and sicker, sicker and sicker. Yep. Yep. And so one of the things that we would have to teach people through COVID is that they had to breathe through the pain. Right. And people would just say, "Oh, you didn't understand them. I mean, the pain was so great." I'm like, I'm not discrediting what you're going through. I'm just telling you that you know between Epsom salt baths, infrared saunas, um, between you know deep breathing techniques, or I mean act being as active as you possibly can is the necessity of life somebody has to encourage you to do what you don't want to do because you we get it you feel crap you know crappy if i have to say it right i mean it it no one wants to feel like that and that's why they're stuck on the couch and then we come in with tools and i look at like all the supplements and stuff like software i mean i'm like downloading software into the body as fast as i can in order to see if we can get a change and if we can get the immune system to turn the corner and start replicating a, a, a strategic attack faster than the virus, then you win. So would you recommend if someone is dealing with symptoms that are similar to the flu or, or just not feeling up to themselves, would you encourage them to go and, and exercise or like go for a run? Well, <laughs> as much as that would be hard to do, it's actually going to be good for your body. Is yes. That, is that- uh, and so maybe, I mean, yes, if they had the ability to go for a run, that would be great. I mean, but really, if you've had the flu, I mean, the joints, the bones, the muscles hurt so bad, you really can't. So a walk, you know, getting mm-hmm. and just being mo- mobile. Walking around the bedroom, if anything. If anything, yeah. yeah and and uh, sit in a chair, stand up, sit in a chair, stand up, you know. Because uh, if if you can push yourself to do something more than you were doing, I, I can assure you that in the past um, when I had a virus and uh, I did, I, I, I exercised. I went and sweated it out in, a, in an infrared sauna and did an ionto bath on the backside of it to help replenish and reload up the minerals. That's the kind of stuff that we find is most beneficial. I mean, that's using... Passive therapies, iontophoresis, detox food baths, infrared saunas, those are passive therapies. Um, getting an adjustment, um, you know, and then downloading that software and then making yourself move. I mean, again, I know you don't want it to, but if you would, if you will, that's the best thing that you can do. If you can stay hydrated, keep the water pouring in, the hot teas, uh, lemon ginger teas pouring in, mm-hmm. put a little cayenne, a little apple cider vinegar in that. I mean, when you do things like this, uh, these are natural remedies that have withstood the test of time that will upregulate your body's movement patterns and lymphatic flow patterns, and it won't allow 
stagnation to manifest in your body. And when you have mm. stagnation in the body, a, a pooling, if you will, that's when the infections really rule. If you can break them up and divide their little armies, they can't strategize against you very well. It's hard for them to communicate that way. Can I just mention that the up and down in a chair kind of exercising is like perfect for me. Like that, that is a, the exact kind of exercising I want to do the rest of my life. I think they call that sit and be fit. <laughs> sit and be fit. <laughs> yeah. right. right. On PBS. We should <laughs> like, like take little, since these, these little, our little things go up and down, <laughs> we could literally just stand up for a couple minutes and then yeah. sit down for a couple minutes. The only problem is, is it messes up our cameras. 100% mess up the camera shots. <laughs> yeah, we would definitely need more. We need mobile mobile camera, camera operators, operators mm-hmm. or the, robots. The desk just slowly starts to, you know, rise up. It does. I haven't tried it in a while. Yeah, yeah. no, that's don't, pretty. Don't awesome. do it. <laughs> so yeah, but in, but we are we're we're still absolutely. This is what I call the winter months. Right. Um. And and so we are building immune protocols. Uh. Right, left, and Sunday for people. We've had patients coming in with fevers. We've had people coming in with stomach bugs. We've had people come in with uh, fluish like symptoms. And 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 here's the thing about viruses. Um. They can be mycoplasmic infections where they actually envelope in, they uh, hide inside of a, a parasitic envelope. They can hide inside of a bacterial envelope. They can put off that there's something, they can like kind of, they're like a, those weird superheroes that can look like something that they're not. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of the guy that was, um, it was a Spider-Man one and he could like, you know, create like a scene inside yeah. of a space. And in the DC universe, I'm pretty sure Martian Manhunter could do that. Yeah, and and so, but it, that's how like I look at these viruses. I mean, I try to make these analogies that people have seen on TV or on movie screens so that they kind of get an appreciation that, I mean, even though you can't see a virus, they are absolutely real and they have stra- strategic ways of survival and, and making uh, a home right inside your body. And if you feed them sugar, if you slow down your body's uh, movement patterns uh, by not exercising through the holidays, oh, I'll pick it up in January. No, no, no. Hey. New year, new me. Yeah, 30 uh, minutes a day. I mean, you know, if the dude don't move. The, the dude, dude don't groove. Oh, I love you guys. Y'all are like mm. harmony. Um, and, and so if we can keep active, if we can, even if it's a walk. You know, the, the, your dogs want to go for a walk. Take those little babies for a walk. They, they love walking. Um, and it's good for you. You know, really, they're taking you for a walk. You just got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and go do it. Here's a comment from Alyssa. Alyssa said, I bike ride every time I feel something coming on, which seems like it's a, a pretty smart thing to mm-hmm. do because especially when it first starts, it's like, hey, I still fu- kind of feel okay. Yeah. You know, even if you're going downhill, you can at least start moving. Just get on a one wheel. You know, so then that's not any, you don't have to really do exercise, but you're moving. Well, that's kinda. a lot of balance, bro. That's a lot of core. Yeah. No. Both of y'all but, jump on that thing. Yeah, that's right. We could have some fun. <laughs> yeah. We could race. You were um, on that. I know. I remember. Same, I like it. We got to get you one for Christmas. Okay. He <laughs> said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, but absolutely. And the nice thing about biking, too, is it's not as hard on your joints pounding on pavement. Mm. Uh, I mean, we went for, when we went, when we did the uh, fun run, um, event with uh, Anchor Point Ministries, the uh, Run for Hope. Um, we, I mean, that three and a half miles, I was like, this will be easy. And I didn't run. I mean, I just, you know, k- walked and talked and, you know, it was with my kids and, uh, well, my little one, my older ones ran. And um, uh, it was very interesting that the next day I was like, oh, wow, like my ankles, my feet, I, c- I could feel 
I felt sore in ways in the joints that I hadn't felt. And I mean, and I work out every day, but I don't walk three and a half miles every day. Mm. You know, you, your body adapts continually. So that was a really cool, like thing to, to consider is like, Hey, how often do you change up what you do? Or do you do the same thing in the gym every week or do the same thing on the treadmill every week or the same thing on the elliptical every week? Change it, do a different activity. But, you know, especially like what Alyssa was saying is when you're sick and you hop on that bike, you're pedaling those legs, you're putting pressure on your pelvic muscles, and that is changing the lymphatic flow. That lymphatic flow is a great active way to, to you know, to burn up, you know, bugs and help things move forward. I just want to say one of the things that um, growing up, I never heard of a 5K. I never heard of a 10K. I never heard of three, three miles, 3.1 miles. It was always, hey, run a mile. Like I, we, we did like the, the fun run was a mile. It wasn't a 5k. Is that something that like, did you remember that as a kid? Was that like a thing back in the day or was, I think it's gotten more popular as time's gone on. But like, I remember turkey trots. Like I remember that, but like even like a fun run, but I don't remember that growing up 5k stuff. Yeah. I was always, uh, the mile, you know, story. Like so what we would do in gym class and you stuff do like a that. Mile. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but again, the, uh, I think that as time has gone on and we have realized that sitting is the is indeed the new smoking, we started – there was campaigns that were all about getting people active and, and people that had overcome cancer and, and people that have overcome uh, inflammation disorders and autoimmune disorders because they got active. Walking 3.5 miles is a challenge for some people, you know, and not everybody can run a full marathon – and that's always impressive. I mean, there was a guy that ran, a f- like he was running, uh, I think, in 15 minutes. Yeah, he, he ran the 5K in, in 15 minutes or something. Wow. Was, he was, I mean, it was practically sprinting. And and and, and I was like, <laughs> did he just pass us <laughs> twice? And um, and he actually wound up doing it two times. And the second time, his, his jog was still um, significant. I saw, I saw this, I think it was on TikTok the other day, but there was a guy who ran for 24 hours straight. Like, can you imagine? Like, he, he was... Oh, they call those ultra marathons, right? Like, you're, like, yeah. where you, like you're going for these extreme... 100 miles. 100 miles, mm-hmm. and they're doing, I mean, really extreme things. And, I mean, but you got to be very versed and trained. That is a superior athlete. Uh, that's a, a lot of adaptation, a lot of training. One of my mentors, John Bandy, up in Austin, would say that it would... it you know, it takes, in his opinion, and he's like got a pretty successful, you know, 50 year career in, in the field of biomechanics, chiropractic, nutrition, emotional work, um, very well versed fella, two years to develop your feet to run a marathon if you've never run before. Makes sense. And, and, and how, how many times do people say, hey, let's do a marathon in the Houston Marathon and it's in three, in three months, in six months. You know, and not appreciating that. And then they don't get the right shoes. Then they, you know, there's so many factors because running on concrete is absolutely uh, a crazy thing to do anyway. So if you don't have the right shoe, the right, it's like having, you know, trying to do a job with the wrong tool in your tool bag. It reminds me, uh, have you ever watched How I Met Your Mother? No. Barney actually. TV show? It's a TV show. Barney is on there and he actually runs the New York City Marathon. And uh, he he did it with no training, and he's like, "Oh, I'm 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 a great. I'm gonna do this," and ran the whole marathon. And then all of a sudden, he got done, and he couldn't 
move his legs, his legs. In it anymore and he got stranded on the subway <laughs> it was just like just this funny stuck on thing I have, a, I have a friend that was a roommate he did the houston marathon without training he made it through he made it through but yeah he was destroyed yeah <laughs> well and i think that's the thing is there's a book by philip maftone called in fitness and in health and i i've read it several times i've read several of his books he's got all kinds of really neat philosophies around cardiovascular training, fat burning training, uh, how to navigate your heart rate down to access body fat as a fuel source, as opposed to just relying on glycogen since it burns up so quick. Um, he's a, you know, uh, a proponent that, you know, carb loading is not the way that we should be, you know, preparing for races and whatnot. And, and, um, he would in fitness and in health, he talked about that very concept that you can be fit enough to run a marathon or to do some sort of extreme act, but you might not be healthy enough. So you might find yourself destroyed. Ooh, what a terrible word, right? On the other side of it. So was it worth the the you know the 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 accomplishment whenever you're broken in the little you know medic bed uh, for you know days, or you get home and your knees are swollen up the size of um, softballs, and you say to yourself, "Why did I do that?" I mean, I remember the metal, you know, uh, oh, yeah, it's all about the metal. It's all about it. I remember when I was uh, in the gym um, I and I, I don't know, I, we had some unnecessary amount of weight on the uh, the leg press machine. He said unnecessary, meaning it was a lot. It was it was. It, and, and I remember I was really happy with the fact that I did it and I did it a lot. It wasn't just a one rep wonder. It was like several. Uh, it was like 20 reps. And but when I finished I asked myself, where in my life am I ever going to need to push, you know, almost 700 pounds of weight? Like, where? I mean, I, I hope I don't ever weigh 700 pounds. I need to tote myself around. Mm. Uh, I hope I don't ever have to lift that 20 times for fun. And um, and I just kind of realized that, like, if fitness and in health, if I want to live to be 125 fully functional, and spirit, mind, and body, which is health, right? And and then I would have to come back and redefine. All right, well, Aaron, what what is what is health? Here's a great definition for you: what health is. Health is not the absence of illness. Health is how does your body respond when illness presents itself. That is a book title right there. And so, because the reality is, is it likely that everyone in this room is going to get sick in the next, you know, couple of years at some, something's going to happen, right? Yes. We're right. going to get a it's cold. Coming. We're going to get a flu. <laughs> we're going to get exposed to something. Or, I mean, something. It's just not, un, it's not, uh, it'd be a lie to say otherwise. And and so, it if what health is, is that how does your body respond? And I would say in the fitness and health conversation, how does your body recover after you've beat it down pretty low? In, in a marathon, uh, a ultra, uh, ultra marathon or a, um, the Ironmans or, or even CrossFit games or all these extreme things, when you beat your body down in competition— how does your body respond? I mean, you've, you're in the martial art. Have you ever seen those people that they finish a, um, a match and they go kind of paralyzed? Oh, 100%. What do they call that? Do you remember? Uh, it's just an adrenaline, adrenaline dump, dump of some right. kind, yeah. It's just like when you go skydiving. You have an adrenaline dump yeah, after. Did, didn't you say also in the adrenaline, you actually lose seconds in the air? You do. And then afterwards, they tell you not to drive because of the adrenaline dump. And so interesting, right? Uh, you know, so adrenaline is a big, you know, factor 
And so if you haven't trained your body to acclimate or to adapt to those extreme scenarios and you're not trained well, you could find yourself in a bad situation post um, because you're not healthy enough to do the exercise or the activity. And it doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. It just means that you need to be properly educated and trained on how to get your body to adapt well. And so the body is really all about adaptation. You know, you get good at anything you start practicing. So if you're not good at sitting and standing, we got to get you good at sitting and standing again so that you can start potentially walking. Guardy was making fun of my posture just this morning as we were walking in. I was like trying to do this, and he's like, why are you walking like that? I was just wondering what he was doing. <laughs> he was waddling like a duck. Well, you know, I was I was picking on a little uh, guy yesterday. He's 10 years old, and uh, he's got a really nasty uh, crick in his neck, and uh, he's also got a tick, and and, and we, were, we saw... Um, well, we found some issues uh, in the realm of metals and chemicals built up in the tissues and the nervous system causing it, I believe. And But we also were able to adjust him, and he hadn't been adjusted in like a year. And But I started asking him questions about, you know, what his activities are. He plays a lot of video games. Well, what's the posture of the standard video gamer? Slouch forward. Mm-hmm. What's the posture of somebody mm-hmm. that's got an iPhone or an iPad in their hand? They're slouched forward, head cocked down. And every, you know, when your head is f- tilted forward and you're like up against the wall reading a book or playing on your iPhone, um, guess what? That is 300% more disc pressure on the back of the spine. Um, and that that causes wear and tear over time because the, the spine is really designed for us to be vertical. Like it, it does well with vertical linear downward pressures and disperses that pressure across the the disc um, as a whole, not as just pushing it all in the reverse or or the angulations. And and we don't move enough. I mean, people don't know how to do the the little Egyptian head bob where you go side to side. They know how to like lean their ear to their shoulder, but to actually slide their head left and right... Those are muscles that require your head to slide left and right. And you, we, How? It, I was going to ask, what does that do? It's just an exercise for the muscles yeah, that we don't normally use, probably? That's, that's exactly. <clears throat> How so, are you doing it, though? I can't do it. Uh, you could if I put you, But I could train you to, like, you sit, I had to get in a mirror, and, and then you, you force, you slide your jaw. And it's always funny to do this with folks because I'll see their, they'll move their jaw. They'll actually try to get their jaw to jut to the left, and they think that they're actually moving their head, and they're not. Am I doing it? You, you are, but you're all, you do when you push your, your shoulders back into your chair. You're actually pretty you're decent at it. But I, I would imagine you would be because you being in martial arts and rolling around on the floor, you get put into positions that require multiple dynamics of a core neck stability. And, and so it's very, you know, necessary as a tool for martial art rollers and the jiu-jitsu realm to be able to handle stuff like that. Um, it, because if your head can't get comfortable in those odd places and you get stuck there for too long, crick in your neck, muscle spasm, um, you could hurt the disc. I mean, the body is always about trying to survive. And, and if you don't have a core neck structure, a core pelvic structure, um, then that's where people start seeing their spinal misalignments get into an inflamed state. The ligaments, the disc begin to get inflamed and their pain won't you know, let up at all. And, um, I mean, I got a, a really chronic uh, back case right now that's coming in, and I don't deal with a lot of these guys, but um, in this particular instance, he is he's definitely got a massive amount of inflammatory 
uh, issues going on, and 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 there's bowel issues going on. I mean, there's some other factors that's not just spinal, but he continually tells me he sits a lot at his desk. He's working excessive amounts of hours, and he's not getting you know the proper exercise and the mobility that he needs in order to maximize health and you know and, and wellness. I mean, like. Um, there is a component to that whole dude not moving and the dude not grooving business that we've got to stay active and going into the holidays, going into the winter months, going into the flu seasons, into the illness seasons where the weather's like beautiful yesterday. But like I walked out this morning, I was like, ugh. Smug over. I was like, what happened? Yes. I thought I, I thought it was going to be gorgeous today. And uh, but, you know, welcome to uh, Texas and Houston. If you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. It'll be a little different. Mm-hmm. The cold, by the way, I went up to Nebraska for Thanksgiving. <clears throat> Absolutely did not like the cold at all. Like your bones felt <clears throat> it. Oh, it did. And it hurts. Like being <laughs> cold hurts. I don't understand why people choose to live in states that aren't warm. Did you complain about it to your family? And did they make fun of you? Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes to both. Okay. Yes. Just checking. That's what I figured. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's and, and interesting, right? People that come down from the cold into our environment and we're all bundled up like four layers <laughs> thick and they have like T-shirts on and they laugh at us. But then next year, they're one of us. Right. You know, yeah. adaptation. You know, your body mm-hmm. adapts. That's We talked about that a few uh, with the Iceman, you know, Wim Hof, um, who hiked the, you know, uh, Mount Everest in nothing but uh, shorts and boots, Right. And how does one do that? He set world records in uh, sitting in cold climates, uh, ice baths, uh, and, and got his core temperature down to hyperthermic levels. I mean, he's done some crazy, amazing, extraordinary things. But adaptation. He's training people to do that. Mm. You don't just – us. we're not going to make it you know, up Mount Everest in, our, uh, uh, in a pair of shorts and a boot. Nope, not, not going to happen. Not even make it up there I mean, right now, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if all of us just wanted to go jump in a cold plunge pool right now, we should do that, by the way. It'd be fun. Um, it'd be a lot more fun if we did it together. <laughs> Both of our faces were like, nah. I know, right? I know, I know. But we've all gotten a cryo machine before. We mm-hmm. know it's valuable. We know we feel better on the backside. If you do these plunge baths, they are. there's so much health benefit to it. But why won't we do it? It's uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah. And and so people have a hard time doing the uncomfortable. And that's just bottom line, you know, the story of all of our lives. The path of least resistance is what we're after. And we want things to be easy, you know. And, and But it, there, there is a truth that we have to appreciate. And at Living Well, we're going to just share the truth. Like, we don't want you to uh, have rosy-colored cl- glasses that you can just live the way you want to live and expect always to be where you want to be in five years, 10 years, um, if you don't put in some measure of effort. Like if you don't, I always tell patients, if you're not putting at least 70% effort into the program, I, I don't I don't know if you're going to get better. I mean, I might be able to maintain where you're at, but I don't know that I'm going to really see what I'm expecting in the, what I've seen with patients that stick to the plan to the best of their ability. And it's, it's like that 70% mark that passing grade is enough to kind of move you forward with health. And, and I look at it like if you take seven steps forward, 70%, and you take three steps back, that 30%, you're still a net positive four. You know, you're still moving forward um, four steps so you can get ahead. You can still catch up and get ahead a little bit. But, man, anything less than that, if you're eating sugar 
at multiple meals a day, if you're skipping meals and and then eating one just gigantuan meal, but it's not necessarily a, you know, a keto style or paleo style because that's not what you're doing. You're just eating one big meal a day. Uh, you could be setting yourself up for problems. Uh, I mean, I've seen with with pastors uh, that study all the time and they develop diabetes because they don't eat. Well, I mean, there's there's a there's a there's a spiritual fitness. There's a physical fitness. There's a, a chemical fit, a biochemical fitness. Uh, there's an emotional fitness. We've got to have all the wellness package put together. We call that the optimization wellness, getting back to the roots of vitality tree that we teach at our office. Can I go back to that? So diabetes can come from not eating. Because you always think of it the other way. Well, you got to think that, I mean, it, it can, uh, but we're talking like these people in, in these stories that I'm hearing is they're eating. They're, but what they're, what they're not eating, they're not eating meals. They're snacking on carbs all day. It's typically what they're doing. Oh, like when, the bag of chips yeah, and when, stuff. When, yeah. And so it, it's what happens when, if you just lean on carbs for you know, fuel sources all throughout the day, and then you have one big meal a day, um, because r- reality is, is if you fasted all day long, let's say you did, um, you know, a 14 hour fast and then you had a little window of time, 10 hours, or you did an eight hour window where you ate food or you had one meal a day, fine, one meal a day, but it was veggies and protein. That's all it was. And it wasn't doused with tons and tons of pasta and processed preservatives and things that are going to spike your sugar. You're, you're, it, you're probably not going to develop diabetes. You'd probably reverse diabetes at that point because you're not putting the sugar in. Mm. But what I find is that when people say, I never eat, I never eat, I never eat, and I get them to track a food log, I find that they're, they're, they're not eating a real meal. They're eating a donut here and there. They're eating a bag of chips here and there. They're eating a, a, a power you know, juice drink. Uh, they're yeah. looking, they're, they're reaching, to, they're, they're getting fuel from sugary, carby sources. That's Kurt for sure. I know. I saw you pointing. <laughs> yeah, that he way. does that. He's like, I'm not eating, Gardy. I'm not eating, and I'm like, you're eating something. I can tell just by looking at you. And there's like snack wrappers, and he's not eating meals. He's eating snacks. That's right. And yeah. And 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 I think that I was just telling. Uh, <laughs> I was telling uh, this little you know young man the other day that look, if you you can't expect what you don't inspect. So if you're not willing to look at your food log and to see what you eat, because people go, well, let me just tell you what I eat. No, no, no. I don't want to hear what you are telling me. (laughs) I want you to write it down so that I can show you what you're really doing. I have this lady uh, that lives up in the Austin area and, um, she is, you know, has a hard time taking supplements. So we have a little hard time with that. And so we just started with what she would do. And that was track a food log. And there was diet products on there. There was you know, tons and tons of chocolate things on there. You know, chocolate treats, this and that. There's so many varieties people can get into. Looking for that dopamine push, that I feel good moment. Um, right. They do they do prep their meals, but it's all pasta and it's all bread and it's all, you know, things that are not necessarily um, going to keep the insulin spikes at bay. Uh, and, w- the, and the more you eat sugary, carby foods, the more your insulin spikes get out of control, which then creates the stress on the blood sugar management. And so um, we we just started with highlighting. Okay, let's just what can we can we just focus on breakfast? I didn't even take anything away from her. I mean, I could easily have said, "Hey, get rid of the diet, get rid of the chocolate, get rid of the 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 bread products." It was all right. She is 
like her gradient is like a crawl. So like we're we're not even healthy enough to walk a mile right at this point. What can we do to make one degree of change for this case? And I'm just always shocked that, you know, uh, that some people just have absolutely no compass for health. They have no idea where to start. And at Living Well, we'll take you right where you're at. We'll f- help you figure out where you're at. And, be, and but we won't judge you for it. We're just going to say, all right, we're going to, as your coach, help you make one degree of change. And so it was first, fill out the food log. We got her doing that. And then we said, all right, let's just focus on breakfast. All right, great. So we just said, let's just see if we can get protein for breakfast. I don't care if it's chicken, fish, turkey, eggs for breakfast. I don't care uh, what you do, but you got to have a, you know, she's like, oh, what I do a shake for breakfast. I said, great. Uh, But I want the shake at 1030. I want your breakfast when you get up. Because you can, even though people say they're in a hurry and they got all this stuff, there's, if you will eat a meal for breakfast, and then you'll get that shake in mid-morning, you're going to carry into the afternoon way better from a a blood sugar stability and energy perspective and mental clarity perspective than if you skip breakfast and just have that shake only. And I'm not saying that I don't have times where I just do a shake in the morning as I'm running out the door, but it's not my every day. And that's what we started seeing is that she was eating three times a week these protein breakfasts. That was step one. It wasn't every day, but it was a gradient. Well, just got a report right before Thanksgiving uh, that she's lost, you know, uh, almost seven or eight pounds. And she's like really excited because she, you know, she goes, I didn't think I'd be losing weight doing this. And uh, but I'm I'm sort of kind of seeing it. And then we've got her doing a few little bowel cleanses. She's, you know, she's starting to open up to some of opportunities to do some things on her end to help speed up the process and clean her system out. And, and it's working, you know, and she's like so mesmerized by it. And I'm just thinking, man, if people only knew that they could just make one degree of change in their diet, and then if we could just clean their bowels out a little bit, and they would start to see some traction and result, they would start, that motivation naturally comes. And now they're not crawling down their wellness path, they're walking or they're skipping or they're way more mobile moving forward towards that 70, 80% zone. And so we can get you there. It's just helping you figure out what you're doing. People don't realize that they're reaching for the Skittles three times, four times a day. They don't realize that they're going to that other, you know, their friend's desk because they always got candy at the desk. You know, who here in the church has the candy jar? I'm sure some of you do. Kurt, where's the candy jar? I know you know oh, this. Kurt I know where knows. the mint jar is, mm-hmm. but I don't know where the candy jar is. But that's the that's your candy jar. That's the candy jar. I'm always, I know where the three, there's three of them, and I go to, I cycle through them throughout the day. Here you go. I, and, and so it is a, it's amazing that, you know, um, eat like a king for breakfast or a queen, uh, eat like a prince or a princess for lunch, and eat like a peasant or a beggar for dinner, like going back to some of those basic principles is how you get through the holidays and not gain weight, like Pastor Helen was talking about. I mean, wouldn't that be good if people had that mindset? Here's a, here's a question and a couple comments that came in from Celion. Good morning, Celion. What's up? So uh, she had mentioned that, I'll, re- I'll read all three of these. She said, I have a bad sweet tooth. Sometimes I eat candy for breakfast and then I'll make myself a real breakfast. That was comment one. And then she had said something about the, along the lines of, I'm trying to make sure that I get more vegetables, but I don't know if I should do a green powder supplement to make it easier on some days. I'm going to say yes. Uh, then the third comment, I used to love a good shake for breakfast, but it became it became a lot. I felt like I had to chug and chug, so I never finished it. Uh, what do you think about that last comment? 
so she was she that was a, lot of, I, a big I, shake yeah it's just like make a shake for breakfast and i've done that before myself where it's like man i'm not gonna finish it you know but then i came along the lines of like even if i drink half of it because i'm full it's better than i yeah. just the never alternative. make it uh, well right because it's a lot of work <laughs> make a shake <laughs> no it's not uh, uh, you know this so simplest way um i mean you could take a um, one of those shaker cups, as long as I got a shaker thing in it, I can take a baggie of powder and that little shaker cup with me, walk out the door, and it's ready for me whenever. Mm-hmm. But number, uh, the, the, if it's too much and you feel like you're having to work the, that a shake down, a liquid drink down, then we got to look at what you're putting in it. Like maybe you're putting too much, uh, too many scoops. Like, yes, the label says you need two scoops to hit a serving, but what if for your body type, that's too much, and you need to do half that. That's yeah. okay. I mean, I have patients that my, my shakes say two scoops, and I start them at one scoop because I don't. I know my shakes are quality. I know that they're going to decrease inflammation. They're going to deburden blood, deburden the brain, deburden the inflammation factors that are happening in the gut. Therefore, the body's going to detox. So if I came in too quick with a powerful cleansing shake supplement i could cause them to have a small detox reaction i don't want that i don't want them to feel that i want to gently bring them into the fold of well-being and they don't feel that shift because again people are unfamiliar with what that feels like maybe the protein that you're using is a poor quality protein Mm. that's making your system bloat you know maybe there's a disruption in the gut lining that where you feel like you're having to chug and chug and chug, um, again, it's more than your body can manage because of what level of bacterial undergrowth or overgrowth happening in the gut. Well, you know, Gardy and I, when we first did the the cleanse the very first time, uh, I hope you're okay with me saying, I'll say it for myself, but... I'm not okay with whatever you're about to say. I'll just say <laughs> we were, he, he does not ever, approve. Ever. We, we were dis, discontent you know, because we had like bloating and stuff going on because we had never taken that much veggie, you know, those those supplements. And you actually had a remedy to to combat the that that reaction that we were having the very first time that we did the, the Yeah, cleanse. so, it, well, there's a couple things, right? Like, so when a person comes into our office and they've never really eaten real food, uh, they're really on the fried food, fast food nation diet. Uh, we call that the standard American diet or the SAD diet. <clears throat> diet and wow. um, no it's it's terrible sad standard American diet um, it's just an acronym it's just an acronym oh thanks yeah. uh, makes it all better right is if you if you if you haven't had enough fiber and and that is one area where you know we have seen keto and um, the no grain living has created a problem is it's taken these fiber sources away and fibers feed different types of bacteria in your gut and if you don't if if all of a sudden once a year because you do a detox with us you start adding nothing but vegetables for 10 days and (laughs) and a fiber fiber product um you know through a shake your system is going to go through an aftermath i mean it's going to go haywire right i mean and it's not because the program is bad it's because you just fed fertilizer on a on a bacterial strain or several bacterial strains that have been in dormant sleeping state for nine months, you know, and, and, and their body and, and 
your body is not acclimated, going back to that adaptation. So what would we do? We would say, all right, well, let's cut the shake in half. Let's uh, help w- put in some camel marshmallow to calm and soothe the gut lining. Let's maybe add in some gymnema. She said she had a sweet tooth uh, because gymnema is very powerful. Chromium picolinate and a product we use called ProGlyco SP or uh, Cataplex GTF, very powerful in regulating blood sugar cravings, sweet teeth. Or sweet teeth, sweet tooths, and so if you have a sweet tooth, you sweet. have crave. Yeah, sweet teeth. That's funny. That's a good nickname. That's like a, What's up, sweet uh, teeth? Well, come on over here. It's a pet sweet name. Teeth. Yeah. Ugh. I want a T-shirt that says that I am I'm, sweet teeth. I'm, I wonder if I went uh, home yeah. and I called my wife sweet teeth. Come here, sweet, sweet teeth? teeth. And she See, might. Just it'd let be us like know. A, it'd be like Proverbs uh, or uh, <laughs> Song of Solomon talking. Your your teeth are like stags or something. Like that. <laughs> and I'm and it's like taste what? of peppermint. Yeah, that's right. And peppermint oils. And and this is the only reason why I'm single is because I haven't said sweet teeth to somebody that's not there you it. go that's not it uh, <laughs> let's see and, and but anyway when they're when you put and, and so I'm, I'm reading it right here i make my shake with protein banana yogurt cinnamon and ice so and the, using one scoop of the of the protein and um and and water uh, half water half milk but i do only one scoop okay great so in this case the i could bet just looking at this and uh, knowing that uh, Sillion has definitely been on our show fan club for a long time. And by the way, thank you for that. Um, I'm very excited to always have you and see your smiling uh, profile picture there. <laughs> and um, But the, the milk, the banana, the yogurt could all be bloating you because it's dairy. Maybe you have a dairy allergy. That's what I mean. That's my first wonder. And I'm betting the protein is a whey-based protein. And uh, I bet you're having a hard time digesting all of that in one setting. I would drop the banana or half it i would uh take the uh the milk out switch it over to like almond milk or uh and 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 unsweetened almond milk take all the sugar out of it and and let's break that program down and see if it continues to happen i bet you if you did the one scoop and uh you know maybe the cinnamon and uh, maybe put some blueberries in it, um, that would be a better, you know, potential shake for you that would be easier to digest. Yeah, and I think about that and I break it down because, like, if I had a banana for breakfast, I would kind of feel full. If I had, like, a protein and some kind of, like, almond milk and drink that, I would kind of feel full. You know, yogurt maybe. And now you're putting all that together, and it seems like it's more of kind of like a plate of food. Right. But really and truly, I can't tell you how many people I've met that, they eat a, a, ban- a banana and they get sleepy, or they and it's because it spikes their insulin. It causes a change in how their blood sugar regulates, um, and they're and they have two. There's two fa- facets there. You've got you know the blood sugar insulin issue of resistance, like you you have insulin resistance, or you have just fl- flat out blood sugar mismanagement in the peripheral tissues, like the body itself just cannot manage um, the sugars that you put in because you've a I don't want to say you, Asilion, but just people in general have abused their blood sugar management pathways for years. And and so now we're confused on what to eat. And so to your point, Gardy, like a protein shake oftentimes is loaded with so much stuff that it's a meal replacement and, and you don't need anything extra. You just need almond milk or water and some ice and, you know, bada bing. Uh, if it is, in this case, that the, you have an allergy to milk then the yogurt and the milk could be inflaming the tissues making you bloat and or that banana and i'm going to tell you if you i would 
of all what I'm seeing there, I'd take those three things out and see how you do. And I bet you, you would um, find next week, you could even comment back in and say, hey, I tried it. And you're right. Uh, I, I didn't feel bloated. Now, let's say that you came back next week and you did. I said, all right, I want to know, is it a whey protein, rice protein, hemp protein? You know, what kind of protein source are we getting? And that way we can figure out and break it down further because some, it shouldn't do that, right? We should all be able to have a shake together and not have any negative effect. And um, although, you know, it does sound tasty, <laughs> but everything that does sound tasty is very sweet. Yes, yes. So you're listening to KGA Radio with Dr. Aaron Choppa. It's the Living Well Clinical Nutrition Center podcast. Make sure you share this out. Let us know what you got going on today. Today we have our, our good friend Kurt in studio hanging <laughs> out with us as well. And poor Solion, she goes, it so sounds depressing. I want my banana. <laughs> but but yes, but again, it's just it's just an experiment to see what we can do to make it work. And so, you know, when whenever people come in, it, this is what we do is we're people have got so many different health challenges and they don't really know what's causing it anymore. And, and they don't recognize that food can do it. I mean, do you guys have any foods that, you know, you shouldn't be getting into because it does something specific to you? Yeah. Every day that, that we actually <clears throat> that we eat anyways is what you're saying. Or? Yeah. Every time you do it, you get in, you have an issue. Every well, there's day. some things I cut out. What about you, Kerr? What are you going to say? Every day. It's every every food. Every I, meal? I, I eat cheese a lot. I'm a cheese guy. So I know. I know. I so it's like don't. cheese for every meal? Cheese, cheese for every meal. Okay. So no, I actually, <laughs> I should be honest. Um, I've, I, right now, I'm usually only doing like one meal and it's usually something healthy like chicken nuggets that are grilled uh you know or it's like the a, one it's the one meal guy also he didn't know that mints were candy like come on he was like yeah the mint bowl. so <laughs> to be fair that that is what i'm currently doing but if i go like i went home and i had taco john's and it's my favorite i am the hugest taco john's fanboy it's like tex-mex okay um but they don't come to texas um <laughs> it ain't Tex-Mex. it's like tex-mex <laughs> in wyoming so can only imagine right right and I love it, but I realize like the does. next day, like I always feel bad because it it has probably cheese, it has meat. Well, I mean, but when you say you feel bad, do you feel like fatigued? Do you feel I like feel you just want to sleep all day? No, I feel um, I feel depressed. I have gas, like gas, gas. Oh yes, thank like you for burping, sharing. like burping gas, not <laughs> oh well, intestinal yes. gases. Yes. So, but, but either way, if it's burping. It's your liver's inability to break it down. Right. Right? If it's intestinal, it's it, it typically is the inability to break down the carbohydrates or the intestines are inflamed due to potentially whatever inflammatory food you just ate. So it's hard to, to know. And, and some of the meals, right. it's a, it's a, that's why you have to look at like a variety of meals. And I think that we've talked enough in the past that you kind of know certain foods that could potentially be causing it. You do it anyway. You you're okay with you know you, you know you what know I mean? you know yeah it's, I, it's, well it's just dealing with people like and I realize that not everybody's going to adopt everything that we teach. What happens is is people get in a bind, and they their body is in so much turmoil and pain that they have to comply with what their body is telling them. It's not that I'm twisting their arm; it's that they're willing to do anything and everything. Um, you know, uh, one of our clinicians at the office was talking today. Um, in a group chat that we have uh, about, you know, uh, an ulcerative colitis patient, which 
if you know anybody that has Crohn's or ulcerative colitis, it's extraordinarily painful. I mean, it's a, it's it, it's literally like ulcers in, in aligning your entire stomach. So if you ever had an ulcer in your mouth, it, it, you know that's very inflamed. It's painful. You bite it, and you can't not bite it because it's so swollen, and and it's just continual pain, right? Well, think of just having these open wounds all throughout your intestinal tract, uh, your colon area, and every time food crosses over it, it irritates it. Hmm. And then and then I've had patients come in and say, but interestingly, Doc, when I eat pizza and you know uh, fast food hamburgers, I feel better. <laughs> nice. And, yeah. and and then they and then I say, well, what happens when you eat a lettuce leaf? I feel worse. Well, let's just break that down for a moment, right? So I give you nutrients that can potentially build you up and it makes you worse. I downloaded good software, your body upregulated, tried to run a process, and it, the process broke down, and that created the pain. Uh, the, on the flip side is I feed processed garbage foods in, and when you mix dairy products, wheat products together, partial hydrogenated oils together, what we call the four deadly food additives, artificial sugars, high fructose corn syrup. When you put all that stuff together, it creates an inflammation response. Well, Mm. what happens during inflammation? We kind of alluded to it earlier. If you're in an extremely inflamed state, you can have an adrenaline dump. You can have an adrenaline lift. Your adrenals will kick in and you will temporarily feel better. Right. And, and and so, yes, you could potentially use food as medicine, but find that it's actually destroying your health or killing you on the backside because it's inflaming you long term. One bad meal can affect you easily for three days. Like if I eat a if I eat a cheat meal, I can assuredly know that within 72 hours, what I have learned about Aaron's body and I'm not saying this is for everybody because everybody's got a different story. Like I've seen a patient eat wheat and they get a nosebleed. I've seen a patient uh, eat uh, uh, MSG and they get a migraine. Uh, I've seen, you know, whatever the cheat is, they get a sinus cold. Um, for me, I, I'll have a uh, afternoon of fatigue or even depression. Like it'll like I'll just be in a fog and it is really uncomfortable. Well, there's three million more neurotransmitters in the gut than there is in the brain. So hmm. it there's all kinds of neurological distress that can occur with food. And so once that meal passes through the system, I can almost feel instantly. It doesn't even have to uh, come out of my system yet. It just has to get past whatever mile marker that's the where the congestion is and it's slow and bogged down. Once it clears that space, body feels fine. And it's it's the wackiest, weirdest thing. But it is so patterned because this is what my body, you know, um, patterns are. Every system has a pattern. So when we when we sit with patients in our office and we go through their food logs, we talk them through the holidays, we talk them through, you know, traveling and how to handle going to, you know, uh, out-of-town events, that we always find there's patterns that their body displays. And then what they start figuring out is when they start having that pattern show up in their normal life, they go, what did I do? Instead of what's, you know, instead of being completely bewildered, they're investigating so for me, going back to, to, to what I've usually done is the other thing that I've noticed is when I go out to eat that the next, the next day I do feel bad. Like even like 
an hour or two after I feel oh, like I overate, you know, that feeling that we all have when we overeat. The other thing that I've noticed is, especially in this time, if I eat two meals in a day, like let's say I eat lunch <laughs> and then dinner, if I eat two meals during a the day, um, <laughs> then uh, I feel bad. And but then I go back to eating one meal a day or if I take a day off without eating food, then I do feel better. It's just interesting how your metabolism changes when you when you adjust kind of how much you eat or what you you know, the the amount of food is what I'm talking about. Not necessarily what it is, but the amount of food. I, and I think that is a great, you know, kind of appreciation for it isn't just about eating the right stuff. It, what you eat is important, but what you don't, don't eat. eat, don't eat is more important. And uh, but at the end of the day, you can overeat good stuff, too. I remember being on a no sugar diet. I, I was eating as clean as I could be. But it was I don't know. It was like 10 ounces of protein. And I was it had some, um, you know, a little bit of carb. It was we, it's what the bodybuilders call the bro diet, you know, and it was like. 4,000 calories or 4,500 calories or something. And I remember like getting through my first, I mean, my, my, my cheeks are actually watering, not in a good way. They're like, no, please don't do that to us again ever. (laughs) Um, But I remember getting a week into that and I didn't realize, and this is what's so wild about food is that didn't realize that it was the food at first, even myself. Uh, But I started slipping into this really dark place. Like, man, I thought, I thought I was like needed to take a vacation, like something was wrong, right? And um, and things were going good, so I was trying to assess, like I shouldn't have, I shouldn't be feeling like this. Like things are good in my life. Like God is good, kids are good, wife's good, business is good, life's good, patients are good, and I'm really confused. And mm-hmm. and it, and, it, I, and it was all through the December holidays, which is my one of my favorite times of the year. So again, no good reason for this. And and come the first uh, of January, Jennifer and Molly decided they wanted to do a gallbladder flush, and I'm like, great, I'll do a gallbladder flush with you. I mean, it's I just I need a break from all this you know food I'm eating anyway. I don't want to eat this like, and I can't do this. And so sure enough, I uh, jump on a gallbladder flush, and within two days, I literally it was like the skies parted. It was like the the Red Sea opened up and I was walking on dry land. I felt freedom that I had never felt ever. And I'm like, what in the world? And then all of a sudden, it just dawned on me. Those three million neurotransmitters were suppressed. There was so much food in my belly, I couldn't function neurologically. And and so you've got to be a, a look at what you're eating. I have I've played with my diet over the uh, years, and and now I find that you know four ounces of protein in a in a meal is a is more is plenty. It's all I need. You know, am I going to win a bodybuilding show around it? No, but I don't want to. Like I know what I want, right? I mean, again, to be an extreme athlete, you got to do extreme things, and and but to be a wellness person, somebody that is ready for whatever when it, whenever it shows up to be able to think on my feet to be able to be present in in the treatment room present on the radio present in friends family and in relationships I, I want to make certain that you know I'm I'm there and alive and vibrant with my family and with my people you know because at the end of the day um, you know feeling those dark spaces with food it really helped me appreciate that 
just because it's healthy, you can overeat it and it will suppress you. It will make your system, you'll, you'll be cranky, moody, frustrated, agitated, you know, inflamed. And then when you start pulling off and, and then right after that gallbladder flush, we went into a, our detox. And then, I mean, I just go, yeah, well, I know what I'm not doing whenever I get off this detox, you know, and then, but I've had my, my meals set at, you know, six ounces of protein, five ounces of protein, four ounces of protein, three ounces of protein. And, and with my activity level, I've found that four ounces really fits my mold. And then, and, and, and then I just put in the veggies to match. So I'll do four ounces of veggies, four ounces of protein. And, uh, and twice a day I'll have, you know, um, a half a sweet or yeah, half a sweet potato. And uh, that gives me some carb. I could do a little half Ezekiel muffin uh, in the morning. And that gives me a little bit of that you know, fiber uh, along with all the vegetables that I'm putting in. And I'm training my body, training again, to eat like it's supposed to and to, and to thrive in, in the world um, that, I'm, that I operate in. And that's what we're trying to get people to recognize is that they are in more control of their health and well-being than they realize. And at Living Well, we're going to continually teach that message. And that's what we love coming on the show and sharing. I mean, it's, it's fun to chat it out. We've kind of gone full circle with, with uh-huh. how we started the conversation, with how we ended the conversation on this podcast, which is kind of cool. I love it how it kind of played out. You know, we had a good triad today. That was fun. It was planned and scripted, the whole thing. That's, Every right. Time. that's right. It's all right here. We have one of those. Every time. The those notes, little... the teleprompter. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Oh, I missed a line. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Guardy. That was yours. So anyway, at Living Well Clinical Nutrition Center, guys, we are excited that you guys tune in. We're excited that you guys share uh, this podcast out with your friends, family, and loved ones. We're just thankful that you guys are tuned in on all of our social media platforms. Uh, look at, at you know, look forward to our group detox programs coming up. We have those kicked off uh, in our uh, group chat, but we have those starting here pretty soon. Uh, we, you know, we are going to be talking about detox a little bit because we, we have our kickoff meeting on the 7th. And it's so weird to see 7th, do you know what year? 2023. It's, cool. it's, it's nuts, um, but it's going to be at 11 a.m., and uh, and then we're going to be starting the detox on the 9th, so I hope that you guys have a wonderful uh, you know day today and this week, and we look forward to seeing you guys next week. Visit our website at justlivewell.com, and if you need us, uh, we'd, we'd love to be your number one health and wellness resource in all of your health and wellness uh, uh, needs. Give us a call, 281-554-8600. Have a great day.